the Biden administration releases voluntary cybersecurity goals for healthcare providers. It was a record-breaking year for health plan enrollment on the Affordable Care Act exchanges. And a majority of rural hospitals have had to cut labor and delivery services for pregnant people. It's Friday, January 26th. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines and health business and policy news in 10 minutes or less. The Department of Health and Human Services on Wednesday released new voluntary cybersecurity goals for hospital systems and public health organizations, as healthcare organizations increasingly become targets for cyber criminals. The agency broke up their cybersecurity performance goals into two categories, essential goals and enhanced goals. The essential goals include mitigating known technology vulnerabilities, enhancing email security, cybersecurity training for organization staff, and identifying and reducing risks associated with third-party vendors. The enhanced goals include establishing processes to better test cybersecurity capabilities and determine vulnerabilities, separating critical assets into discrete network segments, and maintaining plans to drill and update cybersecurity incident response plans for relevant threat scenarios. HHS said that the cybersecurity performance goals are meant to be layered in order to mitigate the impacts of a cyber attack if and when one occurs. The nation's largest hospital lobbying group, the American Hospital Association, applauded the voluntary guidelines and said that it recommends that all components of the healthcare sector implement the practices outlined by the agency, including third-party technology providers and business associates. Health systems and other provider organizations are attractive targets for cyber criminals, as healthcare data can be sold on the black market and they can block hospital operations until a ransom is paid. The Department of Health and Human Services Office for Civil Rights reports that in 2023, more than 133 million records containing protected health information were either stolen or exposed in cybersecurity breaches. That's more than double the number in 2022 when an estimated 51 million records were exposed. A record number of people purchased health plans on the Affordable Care Act exchanges during this year's federal open enrollment period, according to new figures released by the Biden administration on Wednesday. According to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, more than 21.3 million people selected a health insurance plan before the latest open enrollment period ended on January 16th. Moreover, the agency noted that around 5 million, or a fourth of the total enrollees, were new to the marketplace for the 2024 plan year. This is the third consecutive year of increased ACA exchange enrollment. In 2022, there were roughly 14.5 million enrollees, and 2023 saw around 16.4 million enrollees. 
the open enrollment period is still open through January 31st in four states, California, New Jersey, New York, and Rhode Island, as well as the District of Columbia. Some of this surge in enrollment can be attributed to enhanced coverage subsidies available through the American Rescue Plan Act. But it's also likely that the increase was due to the number of people who lost health care coverage due to the recent unwinding of the Medicaid continuous enrollment provision put in place during the COVID public health emergency. So far, more than 15.7 million people have been removed from state Medicaid rolls as of January 22nd, based on the most current data available according to KFF. The increase in enrollment also comes as the Affordable Care Act becomes a political target ahead of the 2024 presidential election. Current Republican frontrunner, former President Donald Trump, has vowed to repeal the law if he wins the White House this year. The largest year-over-year -year enrollment increases for the 2024 plan year were seen in historically red states, including West Virginia, Louisiana, Ohio, and Indiana. More than 55% of the nation's rural hospitals have stopped providing labor and delivery services, according to a new report from the Center for Healthcare Quality and Payment Reform. Researchers at the organization found that 200 rural hospitals have stopped delivering babies over the last 10 years. And in 10 states, including Illinois, Louisiana, and West Virginia, more than two-thirds of rural hospitals no longer deliver babies. The report authors note that maintaining the medical staff, both physicians and nurses, for round-the-clock maternity care can be financially infeasible for hospitals, notably because payments from private insurance and Medicaid plans do not adequately cover the costs. For pregnant people in rural areas, the lack of access to labor and delivery services can be dangerous. The authors write that in most urban areas, travel time to a hospital with these services is typically under 20 minutes, whereas Rural residents can be required to travel at least 30 minutes to a hospital, in most cases more than 40 minutes, leading to a higher risk of complications for both mothers and babies. People living in rural areas also face greater challenges receiving proper prenatal and postpartum care when it's not accessible locally. The report outlines possible solutions to address these so-called maternity care deserts, including pressuring payers to adequately reimburse hospitals for labor and delivery coverage and new payment models for on-call staff. Rural hospitals have faced significant challenges overall in recent years, not just to their obstetrics departments. A study also released by the Center for Healthcare Quality and Payment Reform last summer found that more than 30% of all rural hospitals, or more than 600 across the country, are at risk of closing entirely due to serious financial problems, including losses on patient services and low financial reserves. Coming up on Monday, I'm joined by Matthew Fiedler, Senior Fellow at the Brookings Institution, to talk more about how the No Surprises Act's federal independent dispute resolution process has worked and faltered since its launch in April 2022. Be sure to join us. This has been Just Healthcare Daily from Kaufman Hall. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the podcast. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at justhealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist.